And we're back after a month. Woo! Wow. We're uh, starting off the early new year coming back at you. Pre-Christmas. Kinda. Pre-Christmas. This is your pre-Christmas present. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Good times. Uh, so, yeah, we've been gone for like a month doing lots of stuff and things. All the things. So many stuff. fucking things. I got married. <gasps> and then we went to Vegas. That was a time and a half. I've been telling everybody about how I lost um, my phone in the New York, New York. And it was there. <laughs> Like, 14 hours later. I cannot believe that. I mean, well, then again, no offense. Sorry, but uh, your phone's kind of shitty. So who really would want to steal your phone? (laughs) But yeah. You're telling me nobody wants my $70 phone? Nobody wants your $70 phone. They don't even want my iPhone either. So don't feel too poorly about it. What are you like? You like two iPhones behind or some shit? I usually am. It is the story of my life to be about two generations behind on all iPhones. So basically, once they release, like, the second generation after mine, mine starts slowing down and forces me to get the next generation up. Yep. I am deeply ingrained into Apple, too. I can't get away from it. It's too late at <laughs> yes. this point. You're you're in in the, I don't even know what to call it. You're in the Apple cult. I really am. But you know what? You think about it, though, like. A Samsung user can easily say the same thing. You know what I mean? A Samsung user who's used nothing but Samsung and Android and all that for years is going to be like, well, I already have everything through Samsung. Why swap it up now? Yeah. It's really a lifestyle choice. You know, um, you know, in the game of life, how you have to like pick these different routes. If they made a 2021 version or at least a modern day version of the game of life, that would be one of them. Apple, Android. Apple or Android. Yep. And every time, every year that passes, it's like Apple comes out with a new iPhone. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hold on. I have to pet my microphone. Um, it hasn't been used in so long, but it's extremely dusty. And because of its circular shape, it literally looks like I'm just petting it. So give me a second. He's just doing his little hairs. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry. We're back. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's been busy. Uh, the week before the wedding, I had some out of town folks come. I had a couple family members and a high school friend come and visit me. And, uh, that was just the start of nonstop stuff all the time for me. It hasn't Mm -hmm. ended since I got back from vacation. I promise. Yeah. Well, what are you working? Three jobs now? I mean, if you count the podcast as one of the jobs, then yeah. So a little timeline of events. Uh, had the family come and visit, and then we did the marriage thing. That went off without a hitch. Thank you, Liz. And, of course, thank you, V the Wizard, who officiated our wedding. And one of my favorite pictures from the wedding is the light shining on V, making her look like a goddess. <laughs> but, yeah, so the wedding happened, and then the next day we all went off to Vegas and had a great time despite some not so great choices on my part but you know we were in vegas we were supposed to not be making great choices not making great choices i mean it wouldn't have been i i think there were just better choices that i could have made 
Yeah, they weren't bad. <laughs> Just better choices that could have been made. We got to visit the uh, Mob Museum the first day. We did Zach Bagelbites' Haunted Museum. And then we finished off that day with the Blair Witch Escape experience. I don't want to call it an escape room since it was multiple rooms. It wasn't and it was an experience. It really was. It was pretty neat. I actually had a lot of fun and it stayed really true to the Blair Witch project like story. Oh, 100%. Like was very cool. 10 out of 10 recommend. Yeah, I mean they even had an actor go in there like at one point with you and he ends up like guiding you through some of the stuff and answering questions, but that guy did an awesome job. I wish I could remember his name. Uh, I but the whole that whole Tommy. Day was- his name was Tommy. Jamie. Jamie. Tommy. Tommy. Jamie. I don't remember which was the character's name and which was his real name, but it was Tommy and Jamie. All right. So we Tommy Jamie. Shout out to Tommy Jamie at the Blair Witch <laughs> uh, Escape Experience. But so that was that was a really fun spooky day. We had a great time. A great time. That was, that was a lot of fun, and they were. I like can't get over. V's favorite part was, of course, Omega March. She absolutely lost her mind in there. Yes. I absolutely loved Blair Witch. I loved everybody that was involved in that. Yeah. They were so cool. Yeah, it was awesome definitely a cool experience. experience. I will say I loved Omega Mart. Probably could have loved it a little more. I could have loved it a little more. <laughs> Allie was having some difficulties that day due to her own decision-making processes and not listening to people. Or, well, no, actually, better yet, not quite understanding the questions people were asking her <laughs> in regards to eating. Um, yeah. <laughs> So uh, before you do extracurricular adult activities of the fungal variety, I do recommend eating. (laughs) Don't do that on an empty stomach. It equates a not so great time. But no, Omega Mart was really cool. I didn't realize that V had no idea what it was uh, initially. So it was even cooler that she really got into it. And uh, I think at some point the uh, TSIF podcast gang is going to go back there and really dive into the story. Maybe we'll even do an episode on it one day. Oh, yeah, that would be cool. I mean, it was a really amazing place. I mean, by far, regardless of everything else we did, that was still one of my favorite things that we did. I even Mm. though I was not quite all there for it, everything was so neat. You could touch everything. You could interact with people. Although, okay, I didn't tell you this part. I don't think I had the right mindset too. At one point, so we missed the bar. Uh, There's like a secret bar in Omega Mart. We didn't, we we couldn't find it either. Which makes me feel a little better. But there was this one part where, so Omega Mart is basically separated into two distinct Well, kind of three, but really two. There's the storefront that is your grocery store with which Omega Mart is. And then there are several entrances from the grocery store section into the actual belly of the beast, so to speak. Yeah, the black hole. Yes, where it really gets crazy. Uh, Things start to while out a little bit at that point. And uh, at one point, I walked back from the belly of the beast into the storefront with Chris, of course, very quickly behind me he was a wonderful uh wonderful babysitter that day and I like I must have looked crazed I don't doubt there was like a security guard standing off to the side and there was a hallway and I couldn't tell if the hallway was like part of Omega Mart or if it was part of like this is employees only and I didn't want to go down there because there was a security guard standing by it and he was like he looked at me from like 30 feet away he's like are you okay and I'm like yeah. <laughs> Sweating profusely. Sweating profusely. I'm fine. <laughs> People's the size of uh, saucers. Yes. Uh, the whole kit and caboodle there. 
I looked rough. But no, it was a really cool experience. So hopefully we can get back and actually like really delve into what Omega Mart is beyond the surface of the really amazing artwork. It was just like a playground. But there were a lot of children. There were so many more children than I was expecting in Vegas in general. But yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was wild. The I guess. So V's mom ended up going to Vegas last week. Uh And it was totally like they had really nothing planned except for this concert. And so we're like, oh, hey, like, if you have time, you should go check out Area 15. It was super cool. They have a rum tasting tour where they put you on this little trolley and they take you through different areas and they got to sit in, like, the bottom of a pirate ship. What? And go And go visit ancient China. Like, it was so cool, the picture she showed us. So. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, we're definitely going to make a day trip out to, out back to Area 15 in Vegas. And then, I mean, honestly, that night we went out to the Strip. We only spent a little bit of time on the strip which I was kind of grateful for it was still a fun experience we got to gamble we played a little bit of blackjack that's my Mm -hmm. game of choice and then uh, I actually won a decent not a decent amount of money but more money than I ever have on a slot machine so that's great yeah we had to tear one of our friends away and prevent him from (laughs) spending spending all all of of his money money. no uh, Vegas was a really cool really cool experience all in all And then we got back from Vegas. I had a couple of days to kind of decompress and relax a little bit, which I did. And then I started my new job, my second job, which is at a training. It's with a training company. It's a smaller company. I'm really liking it so far. My first night with them was more or less a working interview um, and a little bit of shadowing of a training class. And then from there, I've been assisting with training classes, shadowing privates, things like that. But within a week of being back to work, four days to be exact, I managed to get one moment. Um, Charlie. One second. I have to go deal <laughs> do with what you my gotta cats. Do. Go be a mom. Sorry. Charlie was kind of being a dick to Peanut. No. But yeah, so within a couple of days of returning to work, I managed... I have gotten through this entire fucking Panera Bread panoramic without COVID and I had a goddamn sinus infection take me down. And let me just say I was pissed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I had a My- sinus infection hit me really fucking hard. So I ended up out of work for uh, like a day and a half. And I'm still kind of recovering. I feel like shit. It's rough. Which is why we didn't al- record last week. <laughs> My allergies are kicking my ass. And I'm all really, really, mm-hmm. really. It's been, is- yeah, oh, not a good time. But uh, yeah, so and that now we're caught back up to today where mm-hmm. we're back to recording. I'm really excited. I, I've missed getting in here and doing our thingling. Well, I have some news for you as well. Indeed. So and it's going to require some scheduling, but I think we can figure it out. Uh-huh. Um, so we're going to Costa Rica on the first. Yes, I, I knew you guys were taking a trip out of town. Yes, I quit my job. <laughs> Hell yes, finally. <laughs> Fuck that job. So my last day is the 24th. Good. Yeah, so I was a little stressful and I almost threw up and I definitely cried on my way home, but I quit my job. <laughs> Good for you. That place, you're way better than that. You deserve a lot better than that place can offer you. So, well, congratulations to you. And I know Costa Rica will be exciting. How long are you gone for? A week. Cool. Okay. What do you want as a souvenir? I'm bringing whatever Liz brings me back. I will be happy with. Well, I can't steal a sloth and I put do- it on nope. the plane. I don't need any more animals. Nothing alive. <laughs> Please, for the love of God, do not bring me back anything alive. 
Okay, cool. Thanks. Okay. No, congrats. I'm glad you guys are getting to go to Costa Rica. I know it'll be a great trip. I'm I can't say I'm not super jelly. I get to take one vacation every like three years over here. You get like six vacations a year, Liz. I know. I don't know how you guys manage that, but good for you. I'm happy. Um, but I don't know if there's any more exciting news to share. Did we catch everybody up? I think so. Awesome. Well, let's dive into this episode. I guess I am the one leading the charge. Yeah, we have to do an intro first, though. Oh, fuck. I forgot. It's been so long. Let's do it. (laughs) Hi, guys. I'm Liz. And I'm Allie. And welcome to That Shit Is Fucked. A.K.A. T.S.I.F. If it's weird, spooky, creepy, or just fucked up, we're going to talk about it. So if you're into the fucked up shit like we are, strap on in and we'll take you for a ride. Buckle up, motherfuckers. I'm not going to lie. So I use OneNote for all of my notes and I haven't opened OneNote on my phone in so long that I thought it was like automatically going to archive the app. Thank God it did not. (laughs) I'm really excited about this one. It's actually been okay. Let me preface this by saying I did want because I was pretty inspired by the Mob Museum. I did want to do like a Las Vegas related case of some sort. Mm -hmm. But none of what I found like once I sat down at home piqued my interest. Oh, and I got some bad news. Uh, the Dybbuk box, which was my original subject for today. I saw an article that was, I believe, July or June of this year, 2021, where the guy who had the whole story of he bought the Dybbuk box and all this crazy stuff started happening said that it was basically a hoax. What? Yeah, I'll send you the article. So I don't know. I didn't get a chance to really read it. I kind of skimmed through it and then I was like, well, if it's If it's this big of a hoax, I don't know if I really want to talk about it on the podcast, you know? Yeah. Before I have a little bit more information and it just kind of like closed my interest off for it. But Chris tried to help me find a couple as well that kind of piqued my interest. But this particular case, um, I remember the first time I ever heard about it, I was listening to Morbid and they covered it and it's just so... It's so we'll get Juicy. into it. Yeah. I mean, really, it's, <laughs> it's wild. This is a really wild case. So today... We are going to be talking about David Parker Ray, a.k.a. the Toy Box Killer. Can I tell you that I don't think I know who that is? Good. This is going to be a slap in the face of information for you then. I'm ready for the slap. I'm pretty Hit me excited. With it. So I'm just going to preface this. Listener discretion is advised for most of our episodes, particularly this one. There are There is going to be talk about violent sexual abuse and not so great stuff. Again, I know that's hit or miss with our channel anyways. Most of our stuff is pretty viewer discretion advised or listener discretion. We're going to move on to the case now, though. I'm ready. We're actually starting kind of at the end with a woman named Cynthia Vigil. Or Vigil, but I'm going to say Vigil, who was David Ray Parker's or David Parker Ray's. I don't know why I have so much trouble here. Last (laughs) victim. So in 1999, Ray captured Vigil. You know how it goes when you're doing research. One source said that he was with his girlfriend, Cindy Hendy, and solicited sex from Cynthia. Another source said he impersonated a police officer and told her she was under arrest for solicitation. I'm not sure which source is more accurate than the other. Both had everything else pretty straightforward between the sources. Yeah. Regardless, she ended up in this man's truck where she was bound and gagged. And then Cynthia was taken to his mobile home in Elephant Butte, New Mexico and (gasps) held. I know where that's at. Oh, wow. Good. Good. 
good. She was held captive there for three days. Ooh. Now, during those three days, Cynthia Vigil suffered unfathomable abuse at the hands of Ray and his girlfriend, Hendy. And I'm probably going to be referring to Cindy Hendy by her last name because trying to alternate between Cynthia and Cindy. Yeah, that's fair. You know, it's going to get confusing. So. So Ray is the Ray is the is the bad guy. Uh, Hindi is his girlfriend slash accomplice. Mm hmm. Cynthia is victim. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to lay that out because I usually get confused when names are involved. Absolutely, as do I. During this time, she really did suffer really unfathomable abuse at the both uh, the hands of both of them. This torture actually began with an orientation video recorded by Ray that was roughly 20 minutes long, and it basically involved Ray detailing what was about to happen to her. And oh what my he god! Was to be doing to her. It wasn't like personalized, so. Given this, the impression was given that this is not his first time doing this. This ain't his first rodeo. No. (laughs) That's just like, I'm sorry. Can you imagine like, you know, all the freaking sexual harassment videos that we've had to watch over the years? Yes. Can you imagine just sitting there bound and gagged? Sitting in a chair, forced to watch, like, I don't know why that's, that's even worse. The fact that it's an orientation video. Yeah. Orientation videos. I know. So it's just awful on top of awful. Yep. So during her captive time, Cynthia was chained up. She was sexually abused. She was beaten. And apparently they like, uh, used electrical stuff to abuse her as well. Electricity. That was all done by David Parker Ray and Cindy Hendy for for three days. Now, this is normally where I have to talk about how the victim died, but Vigil's story is a story of survival. (gasps) We never get those. So awesome. Terrible what happened to her, but amazing that she was able to survive this horrific encounter. On the third or fourth day of being held captive by these fucking psychopaths, Cynthia Vigil made a daring escape. So I guess Ray had gone out for the day. I don't know if he was going to work or what he was doing, but he left the the trailer for the day and told Hendy, go watch her, make sure she doesn't go anywhere. I guess they were living in a trailer. So I assume it's not like they were fucking well off people. I would assume he had to eventually go to work. Yeah. While Cynthia, uh, Hendy, uh, excuse me, Jesus, I'm getting confused with names. Fuck me. (laughs) Ray was gone for the day. And when Hendy left the room, Cynthia was able to just barely reach a set of keys that would free her from the chains that she was tethered to the wall or whatever she was tethered to by. Mm -hmm. She managed to get those and free herself. But unfortunately, uh, like as she was trying to call the police on the house that was or the the phone that was in the house, Hendy arrived back in the room. And of course, a fight ensued. Vigil really narrowly anointed. uh, uh, Sorry, words are hard today. Anointed. Anointed. So Vigil narrowly managed to avoid being knocked unconscious after Hendy hit her in the head with a lamp. And she continued fighting for her life. She was not going to go down without a fight. She had been dazed, but she was not knocked unconscious. And she continued trying to fucking get the fuck out of there. Good for her. Fuck yeah. Jesus Christ. Fuck yeah. So she, I guess she grabbed an ice pick that had actually at one point been used to assault her. And she managed to uh, stab Hendy, I believe in the neck, and get out of the trailer. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, again, like, I couldn't even imagine what I would do in that situation. And she really managed to 
save herself at this point. At this point, it kind of played out like what you see at the end of a horror movie with a naked woman who was bloodied and beaten running to a main road. And again, she was wearing nothing but the collar and the chain that had been Mm. placed on her. She ran to the road and tried to flag down some cars, was passed by by at least two cars. And like, I can't say for sure what I would do if I saw a screaming naked and bloody woman crying in for help in the middle of the road but like I'm relatively confident I would stop at least stop right like I look I might not roll my window down all the way I might keep my doors locked at first (laughs) but like I would at least fucking stop like who are these people that are just like passing by a scared horrified woman on the side of the road jesus in any case uh after she had been passed by by several cars she saw more mobile homes and began to kind of search for a safe place to run this was another part of the case where i read a few different ways that this played out one basically said that like she ran into a mobile home that the door was like wide open and just like shut and locked it behind her others said she banged on the door of the home that's porch light was on and the owner came out and brought her inside what really matters is that cynthia was able to get into the house close and lock the door behind her the homeowner gave her some clothing and waited with her as the police came all right can you imagine i'm just like what would be my biggest fear right is like you're already vulnerable like, mm-hmm. can you imagine knocking on the house of a door who would, like, just take advantage of you at that point, right? Yeah. Or even take you like, back. Or take you back, right? Like, that'd be horrifying. Knocking on the door of someone who didn't help you. Yeah. And she, like, she closed and locked the door behind her because she was afraid she was being followed, which yeah. I'm sure Hendy was probably in no position to be to following follow. her after an ice pick to the neck, but you never know. Hendy did survive that. Spoiler alert. <laughs> So Cynthia Vigil's experience was confirmed by law uh, law officials. They were able to corroborate her story. And here's where we get our toy box. During the investigation, they actually found a second trailer that was soundproofed and filled with way more horrors than the Ray's mobile home or Ray's mobile home. Amongst some of the objects, and there are pictures of this, so I'll try to make sure I post those to the Instagram. Sorry, we've been pretty quiet on social media. Life is busy. Among many other items there were surgical tools there was a gynecologic table Mm. chains leg spreaders sex toys there was also a mirror that had been mounted on the ceilings that the victims were basically forced to watch the torture that was befalling them there were homemade sex toys uh it was again it was like a sight of horrors i couldn't even imagine the walls were covered in pictures that were depicting various ways to cause victims pain in addition to like pornography and anatomy like anatomy diagrams Mm -hmm. they also found ray's diary that gave them (gasps) caused oh yeah they gave them cause to believe that he had murdered multiple victims they even found a videotape from 1996 of one victim being assaulted by ray and hendy wow now that wasn't all they found that was kind of a quick list i think it would probably be a good full episode to fully describe the entire contents of that toy box so to speak that's what they were calling it the toy box i didn't name it that they did (laughs) as you can probably imagine it was just unspeakable horrors i can't tell if it's disgusting or genius that they called it the toy box yeah, I oof, like like props to them for the for the for the play on words, but I don't think it was appropriate for this time and setting. 
Yeah, definitely not. It was pretty, it was pretty gnarly. Now, this case had a lot of publicity surrounding it, given the horrific nature. And Mm -hmm. during this time, while they were investigating, a woman named Angelica Montano came forward and she told police about her unfortunate run-in with Ray. According to Angelica, she had gone to Ray's house to borrow cake mix and was subsequently drugged, raped, and tortured by Ray. After which she was dropped off on a desert highway. And mm. for some reason, her story wasn't followed up on by law enforcement. I don't I don't know why. Interesting. Yeah. This does lead me to my next point though. Not all of Ray's victims were murdered. In some cases, he actually would drug them with barbiturates in an effort to basically cloud their memory to the point where they couldn't remember exactly what happened. What's a barbiturate? Same thing Marilyn Mar- Monroe died from taking. Oh, okay. Okay. So phenobarbital, I'm pretty sure it's a downer, can cause some memory loss, mm-hmm. which I want to know where he was like getting. I, I didn't have the chance to look it up, but like, where was he getting phenobarbital? <laughs> but okay. Uh, maybe that was his job. Maybe he worked at a pharmacy. I don't think so. I thought he was a truck driver, but I could be wrong. Hmm. I know there was a serial killing truck driver at one point. Law enforcement began working Cindy Hendy up and she did give quickly, like she very quickly turned over. She gave them information about the events that unfolded in those trailers. It was at this point that the police learned of at least two more accomplices. A friend of Ray's named Dennis Roy Yancey. And I don't know why all these terrible people like got three names. <laughs> you don't even deserve one and you got three. Also, if I meet somebody that goes by three names, I'm not trusting them on principle at this point. Yep. We have, it's not like there's facts now. Yeah. We, there's reasoning. Yeah. There's data. <laughs> there's data. The other accomplice was a woman by the name of Glenda Jesse Ray, who was his daughter. What the fuck? As was an accomplice? I, yep. Mm-hmm. How old was she? Uh, an adult. Old enough. Ugh. Yeah, old enough. She was fucking an adult. And Yancey uh, ended up, he confessed to being an accomplice to the murder of a woman named Marie Parker in 1997 after being tortured by Ray and his daughter. Ew. That just, okay, like, the fact that these are sexual, like, based crimes makes it so much worse. I know. I mean, it's not good Uh, in the first place. We're not, we're not saying we condone murder, but but like, yeah, nope, too much, too much. That's too close to the Is that considered incest? I, I don't know. In some way, shape or form? It's got to. I, I don't know. After being tortured for uh, several days by both of the Ray family members he sh- oh jesus <laughs> yancey strangled her to death wow now once more details about these crimes had been released a woman identified one of the victims it was the woman's ex-mother-in-law and then she identified a victim named kelly garrett now kelly garrett had actually been a friend of glenda jesse ray and she decided to hang out with glenda on the evening of july 24th 1996 after she and her husband had gotten into an argument during that time they they went out to play pool have a couple drinks And during that time, Glenda spiked Kelly's drink and brought her to her fault. Glenda's supposed to be the good witch. Well, not in this fucking case. So for two days, she was drugged while being raped and tortured. At the end of that time, Ray slit her throat and thinking she was dead, left her on the side of the road. And even as I was researching this, I was expecting to see that Kelly Garrett had passed away. But she was another survivor. She managed to make it through. She was treated at a local clinic. But here's where it gets crazy. Okay. Wait, this is the crazy part? 
she survived the attack, right? But no one fucking believed her. Like, oh, literally, Jesus. her husband, who he, this man believed that that night, the night that she went missing, she cheated on him. And so he ended up filing for divorce later that year. Wow. Can you fucking imagine going She had a throat slit. Right. And not only that, but, like, she obviously doesn't have a lot of memory of what happened. Yeah. So, like, now it sucks is, like, okay, I don't really remember what happened to me. I know that what happened wasn't good. Wasn't okay. And it wasn't okay. But now my own fucking husband. Let me tell you, if I fucking. Oh, no. No, no. (laughs) So between 1950 and 1999, it's believed that David Ray, David Parker Ray. Excuse me. <laughs> it is believed that David Parker Ray and his little band of fucking misfits had between 60 and 100 victims. <gasps> now, unfortunately, there wasn't a whole lot of evidence to be able to build a solid case out of it, though. Instances where Ray's daughter or Hendy pointed out disposal sites turned up no remains for whatever reason but ray did hold on to trophies of his victims as many serial killers do and a lot of these like jewelry items personal effects they were found in the quote-unquote toy box trailer Hmm. so from my understanding as far as like even as of 2011 law enforcement was still receiving leads on this case and identifying victims and things the trials for ray and his accomplices' crimes were a pretty wild ride. They ended up holding three separate trials for each of, I think, basically each of the surviving victims. And at one point, a trial was postponed because David Parker Ray suffered a heart attack. Another issue ended up coming up by the way of uh, the death of one of the presiding judges to one of the cases. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, Angelica Montano, the victim we spoke about earlier, she ended up passing away before being able to testify. And I think that case ended up being dropped, if I'm not mistaken, or there was a mistrial, something along those lines, which obviously is a miscarriage of justice in my thoughts. But yeah, whatever. The fucking justice system is wonky anyways. Like, it's one, like it's one thing, like, if he would have died before the trial, right? Right. Fuck then him. Then that's like, okay, yeah, like, he's dead, and there's no one, like, you know, I believe in defending your account. But he's still there to defend himself. Yeah. People could definitely prosecute on her half, so. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's that was just... really weird. So... Ray's accomplices did end up testifying against him for lesser sentences, of course. Hendy, uh, Cindy Hendy, she received a 36-year prison sentence, and she was released in 2019, I think, on parole, if if I'm not mistaken. Gross. Yeah. Yancey was also convicted, but I couldn't find what his, like, original total sentence was. He served 11 years and was released shortly before returning to prison after violating his parole and finishing the rest of his original sentence. His daughter was convicted and given five years of probation. What? Yeah. As an adult? Yep. What the fuck? Oh, yeah. Now, David Parker Ray himself, he was sentenced to 224 years in prison. Yay. But he actually ended up dying in prison after two years. Well, I can't say I'm mad about that, I guess. But yes. Kind of am. Uh, fuck him. He is gross. I hope in hell that he is getting um, splinters shoved in his fingernails and Ooh, paper cuts yeah. in the webs of his fingers. Yep. I hope that he continuously has to walk over a bed of uh, Legos. Every day. 
every day. Um, I hope he always thinks that there is a hair on his tongue <laughs> or in his throat. I hope he is always congested and can't breathe through his nose properly. <laughs> Fucking mouth breather. Yep. Uh, which I have been for the past week, so don't hate. Now, I was going to go into like his background, but fuck him. He's a piece of shit. It doesn't matter. He was an awful garbage human being who tortured people and treated humans like they were garbage. So fuck him. That's awful. Indeed. That is the Do you uh, think abridged version. I'm sure there could have been more depth there, but that would have been multiple episodes. But that was that was the case about the toy box killer. Thank you for sharing that with us. You're um, welcome. I'm deeply disturbed that people like this exist in the world. I know they do, but it's always kind of jarring to understand that they do. Yeah. You know? Wow. Did it say how he died? No. It might have, but I didn't see it. I hope he got shanked and bled to death. I don't think... I think he died of, like, natural causes, technically. Bullshit. I know. Stupid. But, yeah, that was... That was a... Honestly, that was a case that really just, like, how do you... How? How? How do you have the balls and the gall and the absolute audacity to do that to another human being i don't understand i don't either Ugh. but Gross. i have a question for you okay we've we've been watching a lot of true crime shows and we've been asking this question a lot um so do you think this is like a would you rather do you think it would be better to have died or to survive survive because hmm. i would spend the rest of my life making the person who inflicted that upon me i would spend the rest of my life trying to make their life miserable all right i like it i am spiteful to the core <laughs> a I'll lot of spite in me in hell ah no lots of spite there all right good to know good to know yes so uh, I hope you guys enjoyed our first episode back. Sorry it took us a little longer to get back into the swing of things. I'm sure the next month we'll have a couple of uh, weeks where we aren't able to give you guys a consistent recording schedule, but we're going to get back on it as soon as we can. We still love our podcast. It is so much fun. Anyways, uh, thank you guys again for listening. Thanks for hanging in there. Sorry we were gone for a little bit, but we're back now. And we, we love you. Back. We love you all uh, and are grateful for everybody who listens. So yeah, we'll uh we'll we'll see you soon with a Liz episode. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Fuck that up. <laughs> <laughs>